0: Well, it's a joy to speak to you on the subject of creating a new kind of community. I believe God is creating a new kind of community. Can anyone say amen? Amen. Gonna read to you from 1 Peter chapter 5 from the Message Translation. And if you'll follow along with me on these verses, you'll be, again, encouraged and amazed at the depth and the wisdom Peter, the Apostle Peter actually shares. We're used to hearing from the Apostle Paul who did write most of the New Testament. But we also have here um, a letter. So Peter, he's the guy who's a fisherman. He's one of the first guys, one of the early guys who literally comes on board when Jesus was alive and he basically gets on board and he leaves his fishing business to basically follow Jesus. We find out a lot about Peter, because a lot of you would know, if you don't know, you'll get entertained by Peter in his kind of uh, fired up kind of way of living life. I, I don't know how to say it apart from Peter gets into a lot of trouble. He he speaks before he thinks. And um, But we see this in the early days. He's so enthusiastic. It's like, Jesus says one day, who do people say that I am? And they're all kind of like, quick check Facebook, quick check Instagram, quick check, 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 check. And, And before any of them could check their social media, Peter declares, you are the Messiah. I'm being slightly dramatic. He didn't talk like that. You're the Messiah. You're the one. You're the man. And Jesus turns around and He says, You didn't get that from any social media platform. You didn't get that from your mother. You didn't get that from anyone. He literally says this, my Father in heaven revealed that to you. It's so beautiful and it's so amazing. So we have Peter who's the guy that gets it. And yet when Jesus begins to talk more detail about where He's going and His purpose and His mission, Peter starts to get in the way. It's one thing to be a blessing, But then it's amazing how a blessing can turn into a. I don't know what the right words are, but this is the beauty of the moment. And I don't want to take too long because I'm trying to help you understand how God can take all of us just as we are. And He takes us on this incredible journey and says, I can still get you to where I need you to be, even if you're a pain in the neck. And I believe Peter is a blessing to many of us because God still used him profoundly. And I really want to encourage anyone in this room today, whatever's going on, you can never take yourself out of what God has already purposed. And so I love this because this letter is written by a man years later, years later. And listen to the tone of the letter because I believe so much has been done in his life. Listen to the tone. I have a special concern for you church leaders. I know firsthand the pressures of what it's like to lead. I've seen with my own eyes Christ's sufferings and crucifixion and look forward to the glory that is to come. Here's my appeal. Please care for God's flock with all the diligence of a shepherd, not because you have to, but because you want to serve God. Lead with your heart and God's guidance, not for what you can get out of it, but for the benefit of others. Don't be bossy, but lead from a good example so they can follow. When God, who is the chief shepherd of all, comes out into the open with His rule, He'll see that you've, that you've done, done it well, and will commend you lavishly. You are you who are young must follow your leaders. It actually says you must submit to your leaders, but let's just stay with follow at the moment. <laughs> and when it comes to all your relationships, clothe yourself with humility. Uh, clothe yourself with humility towards each other. God resists the proud, but multiplies favor towards the humble. So be content with who you are, and don't self-promote. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. Cast all your cares and concerns on Him and leave them with Him for He cares for you. Stay peaceful, stay alert, for you have an enemy who prowls around like a lion ready to pounce. Don't give him the opportunity he's looking for. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones who face difficulties. It's the same with all Christians everywhere. So keep a firm grip on the faith. Such an incredible pastoral, seasoned letter, I believe, that you and I can be richly uh, strengthened by. And I see the depth that obviously God had been working in Peter's life. Many, many years later, saw it all, went through all the hardships, the persecutions. And this letter was now gonna be circulated and gone to all the other new churches that have been started in today, what we call modern day Turkey. And they were going through challenges and they were at the brunt and the brutality of the Roman Empire still at that time. But he is writing to say, hey, this is what's going on. And let me give you a quick summary if you can get this. He's saying, leaders lead, followers follow. It all takes humility and in the process, Take all your cares to God who cares for you. Can anyone say amen? amen? So the good news is God deeply cares for us. And I believe we get that from here and many other places in the Bible. But this particularly, He zones in our, and this is good news for you and I, He deeply, deeply cares for us. The Gospel reveals how God has gone to great lengths to show us that He cares for us. So care is always possible when there's connection. So think about this. He cares for us. But care is possible when there's a connection to God. I believe we can care for each other when there's a connection to each other. So the enemy, listen to this. The enemy wants you and me to be disconnected. Because disconnection equals neglect. It's amazing when something is disconnected. I could give you lots of examples because of time. I'm just going to keep going. But think about it. When we disconnect from a community, we become neglectful. It's amazing when we disconnect from life where we actually start to disintegrate. We start to diminish. I believe God has never wanted us to be disconnected. In fact, the whole human problem all started because humanity got disconnected from God. And we read that in Hebrews. We read it in Romans, especially in Romans. We get the insight that what went wrong at the beginning. The Gospel doesn't start with Jesus on the cross. The Gospel, the good news, starts right there in the beginning. God has a plan when it all went wrong at the beginning. Disconnection is not God's plan for your life or my life or anybody's life. He wants us to be people who are cared for because we are connected. Can anybody say Amen? So stay with me on this. Think about it. How many times, and this is why I love what Peter says. He says, hey, listen, uh, leaders lead, followers follow. And guess what? It's gonna take humility. To lead, you're gonna need humility because it's really horrible if you don't. And to follow, it's gonna take humility because you don't know it all. You've gotta stay teachable. And so you can see all human relationships are gonna need a spirit of humility. And it literally says here, because God resists the proud, but He gives multiplied favour to those who ask for His help. Humility is just acknowledging, God, I need you and I want you. I think humility has got to be the thing that defines us because it's the thing that defines Christ. So let's be open to this challenge. He says, and don't forget, there is an enemy and he goes around ready like a lion to pounce on you. Don't give him opportunity. I'd say when we disconnect, we are giving the enemy way too much ground. We're giving Him an opportunity and it's even worse when we try to justify it and that's often the case that it's not healthy as well because anything you've got to justify, bring justification to why you're doing it is usually riddled with excuses and it's the absence of responsibility and ultimately it's usually blaming someone else. You're never gonna live your God-given potential by blaming anyone. You've gotta realise stuff happens, tough things happen, wrong things happen. But what do we do? We choose to overcome And so I believe connection equals care. And I believe we need to learn how to go to God with our cares. Think about leading a church. Have you ever led a church? Oh, maybe one or two people have. I, I, it's not unsurprising. Um, I know there's people here that have grown up in a family of faith. Their, their father is a pastor. Their mother and uh, their parents. And, and so it's a reality for some people in terms of they've seen a lot. They know a lot. But what I'm trying to say is when you lead a church, it's not just the pressure of leading. It's also this apostolic thing where it, 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 it's something you'll never know until it's on you. I could never say I understand Apostle Paul The truth is because none of us can understand what He went through because we, we will never understand what Jesus went through. Why? Because what was on Him was only on Him. It couldn't be on us. And so what I'm trying to say is that, that the, the, the pressure is real. And that's what Peter's saying. He's saying, hey, it's pressure. It's real, but our job is still to care. And, and what I want you to know is, is, so what do you do as a leader? You've got to take your cares to God well, God, we've got to find a new venue and and the the temptation to worry. And and then, God, how's that marriage going to get turned around? And God, that negative report from the doctor that literally have been given months to live. and, And you're dealing with together and you're dealing with individuals. You're dealing with good reports. You're dealing with challenging reports, you're dealing with someone who's going through hell and back and someone who's, who's just seemed selfish. Someone's been unkind. Someone's got the knickers in a twist because they're un, uh, offended because someone didn't like the way it was said. I don't know, but I'm telling you, you can imagine even this diverse community right now with all our cultural differences. <laughs> it's a miracle that we're not fighting. It is, it is incredible oh. that already such an incredible diverse community And yet we have to be aware of the realities and the challenges. That's why Peter's speaking into the churches in obviously uh, what is modern day Turkey. All the regions that were coming to faith. All the cultures that were coming to faith. And this is why I believe it's important to understand connection equals care. So how does God care for us? I think it's a fair question. How does He care for us? Well, I think the first one, the best one to start with is God cares for us. By giving us Christ. God has taken care of you and I for our eternal destination forever and ever by giving us the finest, the one and only Jesus Christ. He has provided the perfect, spotless, unblemished lamb. All of the language of the Bible indicates that Christ is God's very best. You will never have to put yourself under pressure to say, God, do I measure up? You'll never put yourself and you should never put yourself directly in line with God and say God do I measure up? God do I qualify? What do I got to do to make you happy? It's the wrong question. It's the wrong way to go about it. You should never ever go directly to God. Christ is our mediator. Because when you know the answer oh I guess I don't measure up. I guess I haven't got it all together. I guess, well, <laughs> let's not talk about it. But you see, when you go to God, you go to God, our Father, through Christ, who does measure up, who was always measured up, who will always measure up. He is our perfection. This is the mystery that divinity, divine, perfection, God would want to mix And be with messiness, complication, and brokenness. And that is the gospel. That is our story. That is our narrative. And I never, ever hope that we ever forget it. And I hope that we have heard it a thousand times, but never, ever lose the freshness and the reality of it. Because God does care for us, and He has shown how much He cares for us by giving us Christ. He has given us everything we could ever need. We can think about moments when you're not well and maybe your wife gives you some medicine or your mother gave you medicine or someone helped you to get better and you can appreciate all of that. But God has literally given His finest for all of us. That's why He cares for us. He's cared for us by giving us Christ. God has also given, given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just uh, something out there. The Holy Spirit is equally God Himself, the One that created the universe and brought order to chaos brought beauty out of the mess, brought our soul alive to Christ, brought our spirit alive to the presence of God is the wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we don't really talk enough about the Holy Spirit, but I'm telling you, He's here right now. He's ready, hovering, ready to create, ready to restore, ready to redeem. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that keeps us in that relationship with a perfect Heavenly Father. So He's given us the Holy Spirit. I think that's such a beautiful, caring way. I will not abandon you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will give you the Holy Spirit and He will help you. He will come alongside you. He will be your counsellor, your advocate. And He will represent all the Father has and it will be extended to you. So I love this. God has given us the wisdom to choose good friends. Friends can distract you or they can strengthen you. I don't know, people think they're bigger than this or they're better than these statements, but they they resist it or they just blindly ignore it. But I'm telling you, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Who you hang out with is a big deal and you've got to be smart about it. God will care for you with the friends that you choose in your life. It's a beautiful thing to say, oh, uh, my friends. Yeah, well, that was one way. That's one way of God caring for you. He puts good friends in your life but you gotta go after the right friends, friends of your destiny. Don't get friends that just agree with you and whatever you wanna hear or friends that you just remove when they say something you don't wanna hear. I mean, come on, friends. They're your friends because they know everything about you and they still wanna be your friend. That's big enough there. God has blessed us with great friends, but more importantly, He's given us wisdom to choose the, the right friends. Uh, God has given us a family. You don't get to choose your blood family, but you get to choose your spiritual family. Can anyone say amen? God has given us a community of faith. He's given us a home called the church. He's given us parents. And if you don't like your parents, that came out a little bit wrong. If there's anything going on there in the whole parent world, God is ultimately your heavenly Father and He can help you to bring restoration where there's brokenness in your family. He does give us parents and I honestly believe ultimately parents do their very best with the pressures they have to raise their children. And I'm honored, I thank God for the many families that come to our church who are often raising their kids on their own, struggling financially, with all sorts of bureaucracy, all sorts of frustrations, And I tell you, I just thank God that when they walk in the door here, there is people loving them, smiling at them, hugging them, saying, hey, I know the week's been crazy, but I'm telling you, they make it worthwhile while people are here in these few hours. I tell you, thank God for community. But God gives us pastors, shepherds, and their job is to make sure that you do get to do what God's calling you to do. So just to help you understand here, there's three ways we can live our lives. And it tends to be these three ways. And I want to just quickly give you them there. The first way is we tend to live our lives religious ways. The religious way. Let's say it that the religious way is one way to live your life. Uh, most of the world actually is not secular. A lot, large percentage of the world is actually religious. Incredibly religious. You could even argue with me that secularism is another form of religion. And I would agree with you, but let's not go there right now. There's a religious way. And I believe there's also the secular way. And I honestly believe today we need to consider the new kind of community that God creates, which the gospel creates. So what is the religious way? The religious way tends to be legalism. It tends to be controlling community. God wants to create a new community, but not a controlling community. Religious communities can end up, end up being controlling. They can be manipulative. I oh, don't marry Him! You know, with Jesus, you've got 100% freedom. But He equals that freedom with 100% wisdom. You're free to marry who you want, but be wise who you marry. Freedom always works with wisdom. If you have freedom without wisdom, you are in trouble. We all are. So the religious way, it tends to be legalistic. I have to obey the rules. It tends to be fearful. Why? Because any relationship that is a weak relationship will always have fear you can never have a relationship with jesus and be fearful why because he has got no ounce of fear in him love perfect love casts out all fear so i believe that the the community that is religious it, it, it's not perfect It could have some strengths. It could have some supports. I'm not saying it's ultimately rubbish. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying a religious way tends to go towards controlling community. Whereas a secular way, if you can stay with me, a secular way, it tends to divide community. Well, what does that mean? It just means that it's more individualistic. It's about what I want, not what you want. It's what I want. Me, me, me. And, and, and so what, what is fostered with, a, with a, a kind of a secular type mindset is, is, is entitlement. I deserve this. Yeah. That's right. My rights. <laughs> think about it today in Berlin, in Europe, in Western culture. Think about it. God is creating new kinds of community like this. It defies what the scholars have written about. It defies what the academics consider possible. If anything, it's an encouragement to governments and organisations that go, how do we get to work together peace and harmony? And so what I'm trying to say to you is that a secular community, because it's more individualistic, it's self-help, self-centered. I don't need God. I've got my own gods. I'm my own God. Or more importantly, I'll create my own rules. So religion tends to be, I'll obey the rules because it will get me something. And then secularism tends to be liberalism, which is a little bit like, well, I'll make my own rules. I'll go as I go. I feel as I feel. It's a little bit, It's again. but what I'm trying to say is, I want what you've got, but you can't have what I've got. And when you've got a new kind of community, it's going to be very attractive to people. Why? Because people want friends, people want family, people want community. I want what you've got, but you can't have what I've got. So I believe God gives us something so much more better an individualistic mindset. It's not that we are not individuals, we are. But the new community says, yeah, I'm an individual. I am a unique person, but I want you to know that I'm willing to lay down what I want because I believe what you need is greater. And that is exactly what Christ does for us. And so I believe that we have to understand that A secular kind of community actually can be more divisive. In other words, it divides community because it's more self-centred. It struggles to comprehend pain, evil and suffering. It tries to create Eden without God. It defines itself and its identity by creation instead of the Creator. Tries to find meaning and purpose with achievements and performance. I don't know if we're going to have a better world with a secularized type mindset. But I don't. I agree if you go, well, I don't believe a religious mindset's gonna help me. no, I agree. I agree because it tends to be more controlling. It tends to be still suffocating. It tends to still go in the wrong direction. So what is the hope for you and I? I believe the Gospel enters into a new kind of community. We see it in Acts chapter 2. The church, I need God and only Jesus can do for me what I cannot do for myself. Self-surrender and a willingness to let go. Inside transformation with external impact in communities and societies. Servanthood and a service towards others motivated by love. Living from acceptance, not for acceptance. Living from love, not for love. Living from forgiveness, not for forgiveness. Living from identity, not for identity. Living as a son, not an orphan. Living connected, not disconnected. Can anybody see the power of a new kind of community?